If you're practicing Sabbath, a holy day of rest, if you will, one day a week, you're doing it wrong. Actually, I think you've missed the New Testament teaching about the Sabbath and how there is a difference between the Old Covenant version of a Sabbath and the New Covenant version. Paul gives a little hint in Hebrews 4.8 where he says if Joshua had given them rest vis-a-vis the Sabbath, God would not have spoken later about another day. I'm going to be talking to you about another day. And I'm not talking about Saturdays or Sundays. I'm talking about every day is a Sabbath. You got to listen. It's going to be fun. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. God is preaching a sermon to the world through people's lives. People's experience, history, and testimonies all point to some amazing attribute of God that you too can experience. I interview revolutionaries, fire starters, and troublemakers. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life. A voice that says with God you can and with God you will step into the abundant life. So let's get rolling. Hey, my name's Troy Mangum, and welcome back to The Kindling Fire. I'm going to just jump right into the deep end, and this is where I'm going to start. Sabbath is an Old Testament idea. It actually was a symbol of what was to come in the New Covenant. It's Think of it as like an outside-in perspective on rest. Like, I, I need my circumstances to be peaceful and tranquil. I need to be on vacation. Um, it doesn't really address a heart change or require, it does require some faith, like, hey, if you're a workaholic and you can't stop for one day a week, okay, that's a level of faith that we're, you need to stop, buddy, for a day. But it's not about creating peaceful circumstances. It's actually an inside-out experience. It's not a, thank God it's Friday and I can't wait for a vacation syndrome and looking forward to new circumstances versus enjoying every day as a Christ follower, and every day can be a Sabbath. That's what this podcast is about. It's about an inside-out experience. It doesn't require calm circumstances. It doesn't require rest or peace or connection um, with God based on outward situations because rest and peace and connection with God is a condition that you walk in every single day. So uh, I talked about Hebrews 4.8, if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. We're going to be all over Hebrews 3 and 4 because they talk a lot about this Sabbath rest that, that is available for Christians. And I'll just say to you guys, you listeners, you gals, you guys, you gals, you don't need a Sunday nap, a vacation, a weekend to access complete peace and restorations in Christ. It can be yours every day irrespective of naps and vacations and time off and and all this other stuff. You know, a day to focus on God? Yes, God wants you to rest. I'm not saying this is a work all the time and be in some spiritual state of rest. I'm saying that this is actually a call to stop striving, to stop your own work. And a day to focus on God or staff activity or, or, or rest could be a Tuesday. It could be whatever day or days that God says, this is a time to take a break. So I'm going to be digging into a lot of scriptural teachings. Um, Let's just start here, sort of at a macro, 
And that is, and actually I heard this from Grant Cook, and I'll be quoting him a little bit on this podcast, but I thought it was a really brilliant idea. On the seventh day in Genesis, it said God rested. But what did he do on the sixth day? The sixth day he created man and woman. And so what was humanity's first act as a created being? Resting with God. Now, there's this concept of the, uh, the, um, um, the, gosh, I, I forgot the word of it. The, the, the first mention, when something is first mentioned in Scripture, a first mention principle, I guess is what it's called, um, there, it's authority. Like, God is not haphazard. When things happen, it usually are setting a pattern for future things. And so, the fact that the very first experience that God had with man and man had with God and woman had with God was resting is significant. Rest is important. Rest, but it's not just circumstantial rest, and that's kind of what we're going to get at. Uh, John fourteen seven, uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, uh, "He says, my peace I give to you." So Jesus has a level of peace that maybe a lot of us don't experience, but as New Covenant, New Testament, born again followers of Jesus. When Jesus says, my peace I will give to you, like there's a peace available from Jesus that, that, uh, that is more than the circumstances. And, um, and, and you don't have to do a whole bunch of yoga to get it, just FYI. Uh, he's called the Prince of Peace, and the Prince of Peace, that's one of his titles, the Prince of Peace through the Holy Spirit lives in us. We're talked about, we, we are told that we have the mind of Christ. You know, can you think of Jesus being like excessively anxious all the time and depressed and fearful? No. We have the mind of Christ. The Prince of Peace lives inside of us. Peace is available to us. Peace, in Galatians 5, it says that peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I mean, so like, as far as like, I got a hammer and I'm hitting this nail, it's like Jesus said he'd give us peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He lives in us. We have peaceful thoughts because we have the mind of Christ. Peace is, peace is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then in Hebrews 4, 7, uh, just real quick, I'll turn there. Actually, I don't have to turn there. It's like a, like a I got a Bible oven. I just pulled this first right out of the Bible oven. Um uh, Hebrews, therefore God again set a certain day, calling it today, when a long time later he spoke through David, and it was said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You know, this is something that you'll hear me, I'm going to quote a lot, because it's three times in Hebrews 3 and 4, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden his hearts. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden his hearts. Harden your hearts. So there is an aspect of living an every day in the Sabbath of God that has to do with your heart condition. God is speaking, but are you saying no thanks? And I'm going to get into, well, I'll just get into it now. Barriers to entering into God's Sabbath every single day. And these are from Hebrews 3. So if you want to check the facts, you can check me on in Hebrews 3. But here are some of the barriers to entering into God's Sabbath. Uh, barrier number one, hearts that go astray and are ignorant of God's ways. Hearts that go astray and are ignorant of God's ways. So this is uh, Hebrews 3.10, and it says, 
This is why I was angry with that generation, God said. Their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. And then he goes on to say, So I declared an oath, they shall never enter my rest. Why would they not enter his rest? Because their heart was going astray, and they're ignorant of God's ways. Now, Hearts going astray, that's pretty straightforward. Like, you don't want God in your life, and you don't want to do God things, and you don't want to follow God. Yeah, okay, good luck with that rest and peace business. Uh, when you're done, you know, burning your own, you know, burning down your world, come back to God, and He'll help you out, and, and you'll get some peace and rest. Now, ignorant of God's ways. Now, this is something that's actually fascinating, and, and, um, I uh, read a devotional called Streams in the Desert. It's like something your grandma would read, honestly. It's like turn-of-the-century devotional. and um, But it's it's powerful, and it's amazing. And, and one of the devotionals uh, recently I read was about suffering being one of God's ways to help us uh, to let go of, of doing life ourselves. And it was so good. I'm going to read you excerpts from that devotional. Because one of God's ways... Okay, so let me just finish this thought. One of God's ways is suffering to help us let go of this earth, to let to let go of living by rules such as you must rest, you know, and not eat Chick Fil A once a week, uh, such as. Um, having control over our own lives, right? Sometimes God uses suffering to say you don't have control over your own life. Um, Suffering can help us kind of decouple us from trying to manipulate outward circumstances so that we can create inward realities. I'll say that again. Suffering rescues you from trying to manipulate outward circumstances, and I would say people as well, to create inward realities. I want to be at peace. I want to be at rest. I don't want to have to worry anymore. I want to be joyful. I want to be happy. So let me manipulate the heck out of you so that you can create an outward circumstance so I can have an inner reality of these things. This is the pattern of man. Right, so the Sabbath is. Um, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that are foreshadowings, and and yeah, they're foreshadowings. They're like a sign of things to come. The Sabbath and resting one day a week was a sign of something greater to come with Jesus and the new covenant. Okay, it was a sign. It wasn't that it was awful, but it wasn't also. It also wasn't that it was the full totality of everything God wanted to do. Otherwise, we'd still be sacrificing animals on that point either. So let me let me go get this devotional. Um, unless I've written it in my journal, which I may have. Um, let's see. Did I write it in my journal? Yeah, buddy. I wrote it in my journal. Look at my rad journal. All right. This is what. I, this is the devotional from September twenty second. Streams in the desert. When a person who suffers, and again, keep in the mind, this is about being ignorant of God's ways. I'm about to reveal to you one of God's ways that many people people are ignorant of. When a person who suffers reaches a point where he can be calm and carefree inwardly smiling at his own suffering and no longer asking God to be delivered from it, then the suffering has accomplished its blessed ministry. Perseverance has, quote, finished his work, as said in James 1.4. In suffering, the Holy Spirit works many miraculous things deep within our souls. 
Our entire being lies perfectly still under the hand of God. I'll read that again. I love that line. Our entire being lies perfectly still, still under the hand of God. Every power and ability of the mind, our will and heart are at last submissive. A quietness of eternity settles into our entire soul. The mouth becomes quiet, having only a few words to say. Powerful state of mind that somebody would be in. And I've been here before, so I know what it means. So you just have nothing to say. Words fail you because it's just mute to even speak. Which is saying a lot for me. His reasoning... I'll go on, devotional continues. His reasoning, God's reasoning, uh, his reasoning becomes calm and relaxed, meaning the person that has endured suffering. With all choices removed, his reasoning becomes calm and relaxed with all choices removed because the only choice he has now becomes the purpose of God. With his emotions weaned away from people and things, he can now let circumstances be what they may and continue to seek only God and his will. With calm assurance that God is causing everything, whether good or bad, past or present, to work for the good of those who love him. Romans 8, 28. Man, I tell you what, that is some serious goodness. So one of the things that God is saying in, in Hebrews 3.10 about, you know, they are ignorant of my ways, therefore I declare you shall never enter my rest. If you're ignorant of God's ways of suffering, and I actually covered this topic in the Ancient Masculine Path, part one, okay, as suffering in, in trials by fire is, is one of the key gates you must go through in, the, in, in walking into the maturity of, in God. All mankind and womankind must walk through the door of suffering. This is one of God's ways, period, bar none. If you want to hear more about that, go check out that episode. Okay, so Hebrews 3.12, keep on going. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. So what's another condition that will bar you from entering into God's Sabbath? A sinful, unbelieving heart. Straight up, now tell me. Uh, like an unbelieving heart. Like, like it takes, I'll just make a statement that I think the Lord shared with me, but I'll plagiarize him. <laughs> um, he said um, to me, it takes more faith to walk with me than to run. And same idea, it takes more faith to rest than to anxiously be active. There is um, an element of faith and the condition of your heart and whether you trust God or not as to whether you let that you rest and let him work or that you feverishly fill up every moment in day with anxious activity trying to create or manipulate circumstances that you're still trying to control. Uh, all right. Let's keep on going. Hebrews 3.13. But encourage everyone, one another, daily, as long as it's called today, so that no one may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And this is Hebrews 3.13. A lack of community to encourage you. 
that sin by its nature deceives us and it hardens our heart. So when you lack community and you're going through circumstances and maybe you're ignorant of God's ways or you're prone to unbelief anyway in your heart, your heart will get howard by sin's deceitfulness. And sometimes you need a community around you that helps you keep that heart soft and be and say, hey, don't let that heart get hard. Looks like it's getting hard. And sometimes we don't see it. So that's another barrier to entering into God's Sabbath. Here's another one. Unbelief. Unbelief barred them from entering into God's rest. Uh, Hebrews 3.19 So we see that we were not able to enter into God's rest. I'm sorry. So we see that they were not able to enter into God's rest because of their unbelief. Straight up. That unbelief barred them from rest. Now, Romans 10.10 says, For it is with your heart that you believe. So the condition of your heart is the seat of belief. Do you trust God? Do you not trust God? Do you rely on Him? Do you not rely on Him? You know, all of that is at a heart level, right? And, and this scripture in 319 is saying they didn't enter the rest that God was offering them because of unbelief. And that is something that is at a very heart level that's really only between you and God. Like, do you believe or not? Like, you have to answer that before God. So, um, so let's, let's look at this. So this is a couple quotes from Graham Cook. Um, he says, Anxiety and trust in the Lord cannot coexist in the same place or the same space. They are utterly incompatible. So either anxiety will be there or trust will be there. They will not be they will not coexist in the same space. Another quote, you have the power to choose between anxiety and trust. And that is what Jesus died to give you the power to choose. The power to choose. Both of those are, are Graham Cook quotes. So again, this idea that you're not entering into God's rest that he's offering you because of unbelief. Um, last uh, couple ones of uh, barriers. Hebrews 4, 2. For we also have had this gospel preached to us just as they did. But get this. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. So we, like them, have heard the gospel. So they heard it, we heard it, okay? But it, but it was no value to them. What Jesus was offering, what the gospel was proclaiming, what the New, Cust- the New Testament is, is teaching was of zip value to people that heard it. So sit in, your, sit in your churches and hear your sermons, read your Bible. But if you have no, it says they did not combine faith with what they heard. <laughs> you, you, you apply no faith to what you hear. That's another reason why you don't enter into God's Sabbath rest. In Romans 10.10, again, just to reiterate, it is with your heart that you believe. So this is, again, a heart issue. And then the last one is 4.7, Hebrews 4.7. And this is the last barrier. It says, therefore, again, set God, again, set a certain day, called it today. So pretty much every single day. When a long time later, he spoke through David, as it was said before, today... 
If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So hardening the heart, your heart to the voice of the Lord will bear, will bar you from entering into God's Sabbath rest. That's in Hebrews 4, 7. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. This, this term, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, is repeated three times in Hebrews 3 and 4. And so, you know, even... Uh, now I'll talk about how characteristics of those that do enter God's rest and and God's Sabbath, and I'll get into all this. But let's just say, for sake of argument, that you're one of those amazing "It's my pleasure" Chick Fil A employees that gets a day off on Sunday, and it is your Sabbath, right? But your heart is unbelieving. Your heart is hard. You you have a uh, a heart that's going astray. You're ignorant of how God works in His ways. You don't have a community. You hear the gospel. You apply no faith to it. How's that day of rest going to go for you, buddy? <laughs> it's going to go crappy. That's how it's going to go because your internal world's going to be all up and all all stirred up, right? And it may be okay, but I guarantee you it will not be what God offered you in the New Testament. And so this is characteristics of those that enter into God's Sabbath rest. And I think that um, I think that I'm remiss in saying that the New Testament teaching is that you can have God's rest and God's Sabbath every single day of your life. 100%. Every single day of your life. It is an inside-out experience. You literally walk in the rest of God every day. That is the offer of God's new covenant Sabbath. It is not one day a week. It's not a set aside a day is holy and don't, you know, don't strap your oxen and whatever else. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that. It's a state of being. I mean, you talk about all these hippies that love yoga and, you know, and meditation and, and all this other stuff. What they're, what they're trying to achieve, they're trying to achieve this inner state. Guess what? You as a Jesus follower, Jesus says, here, here's your inner peace. Here's everything. You can have it every single day, whether you deep breathe or not, it's all yours. And why don't we enter into that and receive it and walk out of rest, be in rest, be in constant peace, irrespective of circumstances? I just went through the list. So let's talk about characteristics of those that are that are entering into God's rest um, as taught in Hebrews 4. So, number one, Hebrews 4.10. Uh, Hebrews 4.10, Hebrews 4.10. It says, For anyone who enters God rest, God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his work as well. So the idea that God rests on the seventh day, guess what? This whole concept of resting from your work, this is like, I gotta work to get peace. I've gotta work to get approved by God. I gotta work. I gotta apply that. You know, I gotta do all these gymnastics for things to have the abundant life. Like, there's all this striving, right? Striving is an outward expression of a hard heart. Rest is an evidence of a soft, open, yielded heart to God. Period. Striving is it's all up to me mindset. It's all if anything's going to be in my life, it's all up to me. Hebrews four ten says, "Who entered the rest? Those who rested from their own work." So this is a yielding and receiving Sabbath, 
not a striving uh, kind of thing with a hard heart. Yield, open your heart, and receive this rest that God wants to give you every single day. Now, 4.2. So this is kind of the opposite. So 4.2 says, For if we have heard the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they heard it, but did not combine faith with it. What's the opposite of that? They combined faith. When they heard the gospel, when they read the Bible, when they heard what Jesus was teaching, they said, I believe it. I believe it. They they checked their inner skeptic at the door. They said, you can't come in here. You know, go find something else to do. I'm going to be like a little child in here, and I'm just going to believe what I just heard, that Jesus is going to answer my prayers. Jesus is hearing me, that I have a Sabbath rest available to me right now, irrespective of circumstances and whether I'm a Chick-fil-A employee or not. All right. Hebrews 4.11, let us therefore make every effort to enter into that rest so that no one will fail or no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. So they make every effort to enter into God's rest. There is a conscious effort to pursue the rest of God. Now, how does I just talked about not striving. How do you, What's striving and what's a, what's a make every effort? You know, they kind of both sound like striving. I'll answer it this way. James 2, 8 says, I will show you my faith by my deeds. By my deeds. So when the Bible says make every effort to enter into God's rest that is available to you every single day, what are some practical ways that you can show that you believe that's available to you and consciously pursue it by your deeds. I, I would say that that the, Jesus says, don't worry. Okay? Don't worry. So how are you going to show faith in your deeds if Jesus says, don't worry about your life? Because mostly anxiety and lack of rest has to do with that worry. Worry about the future. You apply your faith and it says that scripture, it says, I take every thought captive and bring it into obedience in Christ. Sorry, I don't have the reference, but you can just go look it up. Take every thought captive, bring it into the obedience of Christ. Okay? So, what is an active faith that is seen in deeds do with that scripture? You're worrying. You say, I'm going to take authority over that worry. I'm going to take it captive. I'm going to submit it under the authority of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say, Lord, you said not to worry. Here you go. Here's my worry. You said you'd take care of me. I believe you're going to take care of me. Everything that I do today will be from a position of faith that the things that you've said to me, that you will never leave me or forsake me, that the the, the steps of the righteous are guided by the Lord, and I will guide you with my eye, I will lead you, I will counsel you, and on and on and on and on and on it goes, right? There's so many scriptures to give us assurance and rest, but if we have no faith in any of those scriptures, we ain't going to have no fruit of rest. Because we will not have the Holy, we will not be yielding to the Holy Spirit and to the truth of the gospel, having fruit in our emotions in our daily experience. Okay, again, Old Testament, 
is a practice of outside-in peace. Create outward circumstances. I'm not going to work. I'm going to, you know, sing hymns or whatever, and I'm going to be all chill until my kid starts doing something, and I'll be yelling at him about being the Sabbath. Or it's an inward experience that you experience every single day. God is first. Your heart is soft. You're walking at rest. And this doesn't mean that you stop working. Okay? Again, they said stop working and focus on the Lord. The Lord says, hey, your work is holy. Dedicate it to the Lord. Work as unto the Lord. Work as if your boss is the Lord. Like, every single day can be a restful day, a Sabbath day. It's just all a condition of your heart and your faith. I, I feel like I'm completely soapboxing there, but it's, I believe it. I'm living this right now. I'm like, I'm walking this out. Uh, Hebrews 4.11. Um, yeah, I've already went through that. Okay, so again, in Hebrews 3 and 4, I keep saying this. Today, if you hear God's voice, open your heart, follow it, and do not harden your heart. Hebrews 4, 7. So today, 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 what are you worried about today? What is God saying to you about today? How can you yield to him today? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this, and then I'm going to read uh, something else from my journal that's pretty rad. Uh, so this is from Psalm 23. Actually, I didn't look up the, the the specific verse. Just read the whole psalm. It's really good. It's really short. You should know. But if you don't, Psalm 23. And in Psalm 23, it says, He leads me beside quiet waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Isn't that just the most beautiful thing in the world? Jesus is saying to you, I'm going to lead you beside quiet waters. I'm going to make you, love the idea that he makes us, lie down in green pastures, which is like if you're a sheep and you're lying in green pastures, you're just lying in provision, like food and and everything you need to satisfy your heart and your soul and your stomach. And he restores my soul, restores us from a place of brokenness to fracturedness, anxiety to wholeness, health, an epitome picture of a Sabbath. So I was reading this, and I was getting all this revelation about Sabbath. I've been kind of studying this for a while, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And this is what I think He told me. So again, out of my journal, He said to this verse about Psalm 23, a heart that cannot be led, that will not trust, that will not let go, cannot be led to quiet waters. They never enter my rest because they refuse to be led there to God's rest. David wrote, Know my anxious thoughts. I know before people are even aware of how anxious and needy their souls are. Yielded souls are restful souls. And and he refers to um, Ken Helser. I was with Ken Helser years ago, and he made this statement and he's referring back to something that Ken Helser said that actually he heard from somebody else. Uh, might have been from the Lord, actually. I don't know. And, it, and he says to me, As Ken told you, soldiers surrender, but lovers yield. I did not come to my people as a commander-in-chief demanding submission, but as a loving father extending my hand to trust as I lead them to quiet waters to restore and refresh their souls. And then he spoke one other thing to me. 
To stay in my rest, you must daily yield your will to mine, cease from your work, and enter mine, for the work of the kingdom is to believe, to make every effort to enter into that rest through faith, through belief in what you have heard. Trust helps you relax. Plain and simple. So, if this topic is of interest to you and you want to explore it more biblically or from other teachers, so I'm going to give you two resources. Number one, there's a guy named Andrew, Dr. Andrew Farley. Um, he's a big New Covenant, Old Covenant kind of teacher guy. A lot on New, T- New Covenant, actually. And he teaches, just look up Andrew Farley Sabbath on Google, and you will find videos and podcasts and all kinds of things about this concept that the Sabbath, the New Testament teaching about Sabbath is that it's every day. It's not one day a week. So he'll kind of go through all the biblical teachings beyond maybe what I've offered. And then Graham Cook has, if you search rest and Graham Cook, and that's Cook with an E on the end, on Google, you'll find a series of probably eight YouTube videos about rest. Rest is a weapon, you know, all these different things about rest. So if you want to dig more into sort of the the mindset that I'm talking about, um, those are great resources. And, uh, and I hope that this was awesome. I hope you loved it. And uh, I think I'm done. I'm out. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I am doing a YouTube channel, so we do video formats of these podcasts, and we'd love to have you look there. Okay guys, until next time, be awesome.